Blog Talk Radio. And let me tell you something. I've had a funny, funny morning. Today, I wanted to talk about dying in my little introduction. Dying is what I wanted to talk about. Uh, And uh, the guest today was supposed to be Jeff Chapnick. And the last time he was on, just a few weeks ago, Jerry went crazy because I didn't ask him any management questions. So I asked Jeff to come back. Uh Uh-oh. What's happening? They played my music twice. See, here's what I'm talking about, dying. I asked Jeff to come back so we could ask him management questions. And while I was planning the show this morning, Jeff's marketing manager, a nice guy named Ben Holtz, he let me know that Jeff couldn't come. So I started changing my plan. Then at 11.35, Ben, the marketing manager, he wrote back to me and said, well, Jeff could come after all. But I, I didn't finish my plan. I was writing for a different show. What's going on with that noise? Gee whiz. I told you, today's not my day. Anyway, so he says Jeff can come on. Okay, I said, fine, let's bring Jeff on. But then Jerry tells me he's not coming. So today, I'm what they call submished. I'm full of mixed up confusion. My plan is gone. The guy who wanted to ask the management questions, he doesn't have a plan because he's not here. Now I want to talk about base jumping. (laughs) Base, shut up! What is it? Why is my music coming on anyway? (laughs) It's going to be a show. Let me tell you, I'll just rush through this. Base jumpers are people who jump off cliffs. They wear a skin-tight suit with material connecting their arms and legs, so they have, like, wings, and they've got material between their legs as well. And when they jump off the cliff, they stretch their limbs out and turn themselves into a, a human parachute and glide down to Earth. Now, when they jump from a height of about 300 feet, they have four and a half seconds to get the wind in their sails to stop them from falling. It's very dangerous, and uh, a guy named Dean Potter was one of the most famous base jumpers in the world. Probably the most famous. He died. <laughs> he died. I told you I wanted to talk about death. He died two weeks ago. Him and another guy, they did a jump. But look, he managed to do it without dying, and in fact, without getting hurt, really, for 30 years. And I think he has something to tell us, therefore, about how to deal with tricky situations like I'm facing right now. And here's what he said. He said, even in difficult situations, I'm able to stay very, very calm. When you jump, you know the only way you can do what you have to do is through total relaxation. I have been, he said, through some horrifying situations, and I just don't crack. I just don't crack. That's part of the reason why I've never been injured. At the time, he hadn't been injured. And his lack of fear, in other words, gave him the ability to think clearly 
and maneuver in tricky situations. Now, he doesn't tell you how to become fearless, okay? But he does tell us that if you want to do astounding things, you cannot be afraid. And here's how I think we can use his information. We're recruiters, and we're in situations all the time in which we're wondering, is this person going to say yes, or is she going to say no? And lots of people feel as if they're going to die. If they get a no. So they don't want to do what they have to do. They're too scared. Hold on. I'm hearing my show again. Oh, maybe that's me, you know. Maybe because I didn't close the... <laughs> I didn't close the other thing. Anyway, where was I? You're listening to the... You got this person on the line. You want her to say yes. You're afraid she's going to say no. Lots of people can't handle that. They're just too scared. The only way to do it is to be willing to die on every call. That doesn't mean you want to die. You just have to realize that it's not so awful. Dying might hurt a little, but being dead doesn't hurt at all. Now, of course, there's no real chance of dying when you make a recruiting call. It's important to realize that. I'm just saying it can feel that way. And if it does, so what? And didn't I tell you (laughs) that I myself am willing to die here today? On this show. And Jerry, Jerry, what show is this? The Recruiting Animal have a guest this week. It was on just a short while ago, but you wanted to ask him some management questions, so I, I brought him back. Well, uh, Jerry's not here? That's too darn bad! What about the guest? Jeff Chapnick, are you here? I am here. Hey! We're going to have a great show. Get ready to die! Okay? Are you going <laughs> to... Are you going to sing? Um, sure, I'll sing. Do you know I'm a believer? Oh, I love that song. Um, from, from the monkeys? Yeah. The monkeys. Yeah. Okay, we'll <laughs> sing the first verse. It's written by Neil Diamond, okay? If you want to add just a, a touch of, uh, you know, maybe a little more class. But, okay, we'll sing. Maureen, you're going to sing with us? Yeah, I'll sing. Okay. The first verse or the second verse? You guys know the first verse? Everybody should sing. Yeah, no, they don't know. You know they don't sing. This guy, right. Jeff, one thing I like about him, he's got the guts to sing, Okay. I'll go one, two, three. Okay? One, two, three. I thought love was only only in fairy tales. tales. Jeff, come on. Meant for someone else, else, but but not for me. me. Love was out to get me. Maureen? That's That's the way way it it seems. Disappointment haunted all my dreams. dreams. Should we leave it there? <laughs> then I saw her face. Come on, Jeff. You're live. Now I'm a believer. Not a trace. I've got in my mind. mind. I'm in love. Yeah. <laughs> Jeff. What? I'm a believer. I'm a believer. I couldn't leave her if I tried. Great. Okay. Fantastic. Now introduce Wait, yourself. That please. was ugly. No, it wasn't. It was great. You got guts. Okay. You got guts. 
Okay, Jeff, introduce yourself, and I'll see what uh, I'll see what we can salvage here. Okay. Uh, this is Jeff Chapnick, president of Mac Executive Recruiters. Okay, and your Twitter name is J C H A P J Chap O N I C K Chaponick, and Recruiters yes, Mac at Recruiters Mac is the uh, Twitter page, and and uh, Mac Recruiters M A C Recruiters dot com is your website, right? It is. You're a company with uh, 100 recruiters in five offices internationally. Am I right about that? Uh, we have a total of nine offices. Oh, nine Three offices. Three of them are international. Okay, and one of them, since Canada's not really international, okay, but Saudi Arabia is. Can I ask you about yes. that? You're a sure. man of the Hebraic persuasion, if I'm not mistaken. <laughs> okay? I am. Are you allowed to go to Saudi Arabia? <laughs> of course I am. Oh, really? I, I know Saudi Arabian people are uh, amazingly great people. Uh huh. Okay. But and they and they welcome you. Okay. Or do you have to, you know, take Israel off your passport or something like that? I, I'm really curious. I, I do not have to take Israel off Ooh, my I, passport. They're very okay. accommodating and welcoming. Okay. Great. Okay. I I just couldn't figure that out because. Uh, <laughs> it goes against what you read and see online, okay? Okay, fine. Well, I, if there I, wasn't I, bad news, people wouldn't sell papers or or news, okay. right? Fine. Now, you know what? Here's a question as well. Since you're a guy who teaches big billers how to bill a million dollars a year, maybe you can answer this question for me. You've got these celebrity CEOs like Marissa Meyer. I read a long article about her when they hired her at Yahoo!, uh, they had a, um, an executive recruiter involved, but in the whole long article, the only thing I saw that he did was arrange uh, buses so they could take the interviewing panel off-site at Yahoo to a secret location because they didn't want uh, anybody to know who was being considered. So what did that guy do? I don't know what these uh, celebrity CEO recruiters do that's so special, that makes them different, that enables them to get those kind of jobs. Do you? Um, I think it's uh, establishing a, a reputation for yourself and, and certainly a large network of people at the very senior level that, that trust you. What do you mean? What do you have to talk about and, and, and give them, uh, you know, in, encourage them to trust you about? What, do, you know what, do you know anything about that level? Oh, well, I mean, yeah, I know things about that level. The, the issue is, is that it takes time to establish a reputation of being able to get things done. You know, it's uh you know, you play baseball, you start off as a kid and you're a good baseball player and you go to high school and people recognize you and go to college. No, no, let me interrupt you. Let me interrupt you. If Yahoo called me tomorrow, okay, and they say we want to hire a CEO, I could look at a bunch of people who would be suitable and I would say, Yahoo is looking to pay somebody, you know, I don't know how many millions of dollars a year and uh you know, world spotlight you want to talk to me about it? Yeah, they've given me the order. I mean, it doesn't take much when you've got that kind of uh, um, uh, position behind you. Uh, what, what is, what's there to do? do, you, do you, yeah, do, but do, having the reputation is what gets you the position. That's what gets you the job order. Why? People are I mean, going to what come. Is, what, what is there about it? That, what do they do that the ordinary recruiter does? Jeff, what is a recruiter in your office, the average person, uh, not doing that you know they could do or they should be able to do if they were going to play someone like Marissa Meyer. 
Um, I, I think it's gaining the credibility for people to pick up the phone and talk to you. Okay, but what or gets re- you that re- credibility? Do I have to, you know, pull your teeth out to get the answer? No, I was trying to give it to you. You know, you, you ha- it takes years, time, experience, reputation, network, um, to be able to establish yourself as someone that can be trusted and, and you know, get a bus and get people to a hidden area uh, to have <laughs> an a meeting. Assistant, an assistant could get a bus. No, no, what's going on? What ha- you don't, it sounds to me like you don't know the answer. Okay, let me ask you a different question. It sounds question. to me like my answer doesn't fit what you're looking for. You're not saying anything. You say, oh, you have to be trusted. Trusted to do what? To, do, to get arranged for secret bots? That's nothing. What do they uh, do just, that's special? Build a track record of success working their way up their career to get to the point where people at the very top recognize them, appreciate them, and will let them into that small world. Okay. Does anybody else realize that he's not saying anything uh, detailed? There was a a a, a group. Well, why don't uh, Why don't you tell me what the perfect answer would be? What is it that you're looking you know, to hear I'm that here you're not because, hearing? I'm here because I'm a humble nobody. You're a guy who's teaching big billers what to do. I know you know the answer, but you don't know what to tell me. Now I'll just give one more example. There's a man and woman recruiting team, and they were uh, handling. Um, the replacement of uh, Carly Fiorino, okay, and and I remember they they were they're called Batman and Robin, so I figured they must know something that lawyers know or accountants about how to structure a compensation plan. This must be something that they know special besides getting on the phone and saying, "Hey, Marissa, I got a great job uh, with a company. I don't even have to tell you anything about it because you know them already. Yahoo, and they're going to pay a billion dollars, and you're going to get in the news every day. Think you might be interested? I mean, really." <laughs> You know, the point is, when you've got that kind of brand behind you, it does all the selling itself. The recruiter doesn't have to do anything. I think a moron could could place that position, my opinion. Anybody disagree? Alex? Yeah, no? your guess is absolutely correct. It's all about reputation at that level. Yeah, okay, fine. It's, yeah, okay. I'm, I'm, all right. Okay. All right. Uh, uh, Jeff. Jeff, candidate yes, control. Does that does that term mean anything to you? It doesn't mean anything to me. Um, it means a tremendous amount to me. Um, and the smallest little things. If a candidate uh, can take direction from the recruiter on how to do certain things, um, it it's a uh, indicator of how they'll be with the client when once they hire them. Okay, you got some examples for me? Nitty-gritty? Sure, sure. Um, Candidate, uh, you're going to do a candidate data sheet. Um, And you're on the phone with the candidate at that moment. Um, And you could probably do it right then, but you tell them you have something else going on and uh, that you need them to call you back at 3.30 tomorrow afternoon in order to get that that accomplished. Uh, You put it back on them, see how reliable they are. See if they're going to take the direction um, and call you at 3.30. Um, candidate leaves an interview. Uh, you always want to talk to the candidate before the client to get feedback. You tell them as soon as you get in the parking lot, um, I need you to give me a call and debrief on how things went and what you liked and disliked. Um, those are, are candidate control type issues. Okay, so you ask, you're, do, you, do you always ask candidates to not do something right now when you have them on the phone but call you back the next day just 
just to test them. Absolutely, yes. Really, that's a rule. Hmm. And you always ask, you always ask them to call from the parking lot after an interview. Yes, I do. No matter what level the person. No matter what level the person, I want to talk to the candidate before I talk to the client. Uh huh. But this thing with waiting till tomorrow to uh, interview them, like let's say someone's uh, you mo- you must place people at some senior jobs. Am I guess am I right about that? Sure. Yeah. Okay. Like where they're making a few hundred thousand dollars a year. Uh, just did one this week where their comp is eight hundred thousand. Okay, and you're pushing this man or woman around to you know with these petty tricks just to see if you can control them. No, I, I don't consider it petty tricks. I don't consider it rusing. I consider it that if someone is, is truly engaged and interested in the opportunity, that they're going to uh, work with you in order to get all the, the T's crossed and I's dotted. Okay, and if they don't, will you not play then, to present them? Um, there are times, unless there are some legitimate reasons why a couple of red flags have popped up, that we will not present them. That is true. Uh huh. Anybody want to comment on that? Anybody else? A solid practice. Uh, only thing I'd say is it's more about influence than the word control. I don't like the word control. You set yourself up for failure thinking you're controlling them. But he's absolutely right about the debrief. He's absolutely right about setting action plans and expectations. That's how you know you can work with somebody. Uh, yeah, but you know what? I The thing is, it's... These are, I don't know, that it's not that significant if the person calls you from the parking lot as opposed to later in the day. At least it's significant it, because it's indicative of the relationship you've established. Okay, I understand, uh, you know, Alejandro. I, I'm not that dumb. I, I just don't. I understand what you're trying to accomplish. You're trying to test the commitment of the candidate. That, I'm just that's wondering. not necessarily true. There's a much bigger picture to all of that. I mean, uh, if I get a phone call from a client, who says something about how the interview went without debriefing with the candidate, I'm at a disadvantage because I don't have all the details. I expect my client to call me and tell me what they liked or disliked about the interview. I need to know from the candidate what they liked or disliked. I want to, okay. I want to know from them after the interview. What, uh, maybe the candidate leaves the interview and goes, you know what, after hearing all these details, that's not a job for me. And then I get a mm-hmm. phone call from the client going, we love that person. What do we need to do to start setting up the offer process? Okay, so usually, okay, so you usually get immediate feedback from your clients as well? I, I get very fast feedback from my clients. Uh-huh. Do, you a- do, you ask, do you ask for that? Yeah, I set it up from the time we start working together. Like, uh, tell me about that. I mean, part of our process is we go over how internally the client works, how their process works internally, as far as time to get feedback on a submittal of a resume, time to set up a phone screen, time to set up face-to-faces, time for feedback. We pre-set up all of the expectations from the very beginning when we start working together. No, I mean, do you say, look, Mary, I'm going to send uh, Bill in to see you today. Uh, an hour after he leaves your office, I'd like you to give me a call so we could discuss it. Is that client control, same thing? Um, I think it's strategic partnership. I don't think it's client control. Okay, but do you do – is that what you arrange, that they have to call you at a certain time? Yes. Really? Yes. And they can't say, look, I'm busy. I'm on a call. 
Well, that, that will show how important the job is to them if they say something like that. You know what? I, I, I've, I've experienced that some jobs are very important, but it's really hard to get companies uh, to move fast. Uh, will you not deal with somebody who drags their feet? I will never make someone else's job more important to me than it is to them. What does that mean? I'm not going to care more about getting a position filled for a client that doesn't have an active vested interest in trying to get that filled in order to alleviate their pain. So if somebody, if you say, look, I want you to call me back and, and give me a, you know, your impression of the candidate about an hour after he's left your office, uh, and he says, look, Jeff, uh, you know what, I'm really busy today and tomorrow, let's do it sometime later in the week, what are you going to say? I'm going to say if that's the way your process works, I'm going, to, I'm going to abide by it. But I can tell you that we debrief with the candidates very quickly, and I'd like to share what they thought of your opportunity with you as soon as possible. Okay, but you're not going to put a pressure on them in any way? Well, I'm not going to say I'm not going to work for you ever uh, because you don't call me back in an hour. I'm not going to do that. But uh, I can tell you for the most part clients uh, are very willing to debrief even if it's in a general level, um, pretty quickly. Okay. What about, uh, we're talking about, you talked about process. Uh, I was reading an article this week. Somebody said, look, we, <laughs> there's no after show, so Lee can't come on and say I'm an idiot for talking about articles and asking you nitty-gritty questions. So I feel free to ask whatever I want today, Jeff, okay? And I read an article. <laughs> Is that they- <laughs> control? Is that a control thing? No, I'm just I'm just uh, taking out some anger on people who aren't here. So, look, I read an article, and the guy said, look, we don't have a product to sell. What we sell is our process. So in order to uh, make a strong presentation to a new client, you have to lay it out for them exactly what you're going to do. Uh, you can even diagram it and take it into them. Is that something you do? Do you feel that what you're selling is your process? I think that process is a a very critical thing on both sides of the equation, on the recruiting side as well as the client side. Um, I I am a big believer in process. In in telling them what you're going to do as a selling point and to win their commitment? I absolutely let them, I tell them what I'm going to do as far as our internal process. Clients love to know what's going on behind the scenes. You you can't throw stuff against the wall and hope it sticks. They want to know how you're going about earning the money that you're going to be charging them. Okay, do you say, look, I'm going to spend a couple hours on LinkedIn and find somebody for you? uh, I'll get to you in a second, Alex. Is uh, Is that something you actually say, that detailed? Um, I, I think that that's disrespecting the, the recruiting industry by saying I'm going to spend a couple hours on LinkedIn and get you what you need. Um, our process is much more detailed than that. Okay, but sometimes that's what a sourcing these days amounts to. Am I right or wrong? Um, our process is multi-stage, so it, no, it doesn't exist in my organization. Okay, who else wanted to say something? Alejandro? Now, I was saying, I've gone so far, process, yeah, process is important, and clients do love it. I've gone so far as to show research, show the research. These are the people we've talked to. These are the client companies we've explored. These are the different our target companies we've explored. All that, and show them actual spreadsheets of, you know, some of the data of what's going uh-huh. on. And it, uh-huh. it depends on the, the type of search you're doing. 
No, I mean, but do you diagram it? I know Rebecca, who who did a great interview with uh, with Jeff just last week or two weeks ago. I, I, I'll I'll post the the link to that. Uh, it was very good, Jeff. By the way, I listened to the whole thing. And uh, did you just compliment me? Yeah, no, yeah I think <laughs> you're a great guest. Even though you screwed me up this morning, yeah, you're a great guest. And that no, was screwing great... you up would have been not showing up at all. No, consider it letting up, you know there's a problem. Okay, but that was a great that was a great interview. I I really enjoyed it. It was over an and it was over an hour. Okay, but so and I encourage everybody to listen yeah. to it. Okay, but let me see. Uh, I'm just going to say Rebecca actually, if I remember correctly, shows people a diagram of uh, of her process. Do you do something like that? Um, I I can't say that I show people a diagram. I describe the process, and then I do share data as mm-hmm. we go along the process. Okay. I'm moving, moving along. Do you, uh, do you check references at the beginning of the hiring pro- uh, beginning of the process or at the end? Some people you know, want to check references as soon as they get the candidate to make sure the person's good. Uh, most people wait till the end. What do you do? We wait till the end. Okay. Uh, why? Um, I think that there's a lot of time, effort, and even money involved in, in doing the reference checks, and uh, I have no desire to check references on someone who a client might not be interested in. Uh-huh. But then at the end, you know, <laughs> it kind of spoils, like at the beginning, if you find out there's something wrong with this candidate, you can say, okay, we're not going to proceed. We're going to save a lot of money by not wasting anybody's time. If it's at the end and you find out something bad, you wasted a lot of time and disappointed the client as well. Do you see? So, you can see you that describe thing? to me what something bad would be? Doesn't get along with other people. Uh, you know, oversensitive. Uh, can't take a can't take a joke. Uh, ever sees everything as personal. Stuff like that. I mean, um, I have to say, at the level that we work, um, you know, most of these people, a very high percentage, are long term. Employees uh-huh. at, at at different high level organizations, and that we, we don't run into that kind of issue. Okay, so you've never got often. a bad you've never got a bad reference, so it's sort of a moot question. Is that what you're saying? Uh, listen, you know, in my years of recruiting, have I gotten a bad reference? Yes, I have, but I think that, that certainly not in the last number of years. Um, I, I think that we know how to screen out before they get to to that stage with a client. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because I know I've talked to people who actually got hired in the end. But when I checked the references, they said these are their strengths. You know, these are their weaknesses. There's, there's, there's both. And sometimes, uh, for instance, <laughs> somebody told me once, uh, yeah, that somebody focused. Uh, that nobody said at the beginning of the job that a love of patent work is is going to be an essential part of the. Uh, uh, you know, essential requirement, and uh, yeah, it turned out to be. <laughs> I, I, don't, I don't know. Certain things come up. Sometimes it happens, not too often. I was just checking. Okay, to be a recruiter, do you have to be a people person? Do you have to uh, like uh, small talk and things like that? Do you have to be happy all the time? I know um, you're, I, you're I, that I, kind of person. I, I'm, I'm a happy guy. I am pretty much happy all the time. I see it as half full rather than half empty. Um, I'm very social. Um, yes, I drill down and talk to people about, you know, very small things um, in, in order to, uh, you know, develop a relationship uh, with the people that I'm working with and working for. Um, 
You know, uh, I, I do a lot of things way outside the box. You know, I have a meeting up in Wilmington, Delaware on June 8th, and on the call that I didn't think I was going to be able to make your meeting, um, I got it done an hour earlier, but I was on the phone with a new client, very large client, and, um, you know, I, I said, listen, I'm going to be in Wilmington, Delaware on June 8th. Um, I can drive over after that meeting, and, you know, we can associate a name with a face um, and get together for an hour, hour and a half. And she said, I'm two and a half hours away. And I was like, yeah, that's okay. Um, you know, I'd get in the car. I'm going to be in Wilmington. Why not drive to North New Jersey and uh, go and see the client, let them know that they mean that much to me that I'd drive two and a half hours and come and see them and then turn around and drive two and a half hours back to get on a plane to come home. Um, I think that's the kind of stuff that you have to do. We, we charge people a lot of money to do what we do. Our job isn't isn't difficult. It's just hard, and you have to do things to set yourself apart um, from a lot of the other people. Okay. So Jerry is on his way to Cleveland to visit a client today. He's kind of like you, although I don't think he hugs. Okay. But so you are you telling me you would not hire as a recruiter in your organization someone who you know seemed serious or even somber. Um, somber and serious are two different things to me. I would hire someone who's serious. I don't know that I'd hire someone who's somber. You know, we, we had this discussion last week. Um, with me? It's a privilege. No, no, no. It was internally in my organization. It's a privilege to work here. When you come to work at Mac Recruiters, we place ourselves above a lot of other firms that do what we do. Um, and part of that is because of the caliber of people that we hire. And um, I, I just think that you have to have a certain mindset to you to be good in this industry. So if if we called you the happy family, that wouldn't be far from the mark. Is that right? That is true. That okay. Is true. Any, anybody? Uh, Maureen, I heard you groaning there doing a Jerry. Do you want to comment? No, I wasn't doing a Jerry. Um, okay. I was remarking about what – if I was groaning, I was groaning about what he said about um, – this being hard and going the extra mile. That was really remarkable thinking. Really? Okay. Uh, Maureen, you you wouldn't happen to be watching Twitter for me, you know, God forbid, would you? (laughs) No, I'm not, but I'll go there right now. (laughs) Okay. Now, here's another question. She gave me a compliment, so you you just took her off the call? (laughs) No, I wanted her to do something. So if people want to talk to you and they're on Twitter – They'll at least have a chance to contribute. Now, here's a, I read an article that says flex time, flex time, flex time. This is what everybody wants now, especially younger people. Do you ever use flex time as a, a specific attraction to, uh, for uh, one of your client companies to, to bring people in? I haven't heard of it you know, being used that way. I'm just wondering, you know, with your vast experience and range, uh, if, if it is being um, offered as a, as a lure uh, by my client companies? Yeah, do they say, no. Jeff, this is why people should work with us, flex time. We're really good at that. No, I, I don't hear a lot about flex time. Now, wh- what is popular in a lot of different areas um, is the uh, the 980 or, or the, the um, uh, 880s. So, you know, every other Friday you have off. Um, that... That is something that appeals to a lot of people. Uh-huh. 
And how do you present that when you're talking about a job? I mean, you just pull it out of your hat and say, hey, you know, I got a job where you get up every other Friday? Or, like, when does it come up? Um, it doesn't come up in the very beginning. Our job in the very beginning is to qualify people and make sure that they fit um, the background and experience that the client is looking for technically. You know, because technical comes first, but then there's so many other things, the personality and the personal life and, and all of those things. Um, but certainly as you're trying, after you find out that they are a good fit and you transition into the mode of what this opportunity offers for them, uh, you get into the details of the 980 um, and explain to them that uh, the company is off every other Friday uh, and, and that, you know, that that's pretty appealing to a lot of people to have three day weekends every other week. Yeah. Anybody else on the on the line got a question for Jeff before I continue? No? Okay. Nope. No, but but let me interrupt. Is this your birthday animal? No, uh she wishes me birthday happy birthday every day. Heather. I see. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> when is your birth when is your birthday? Uh, you're not going to judge me by my sign, okay? And that is below you. I always, I have more respect for you than that, okay? Actually, I was just asking when your birthday was. I really don't care what your sign is. So he can is. mark it down and yeah. send you a card. Okay. When is your Yeah, he wants to send answer? me a card and show me what a nice guy is. Nobody when has is to your know birthday? my birthday. When is That's your birthday? That's personal in the fall. Okay. Uh, look, in the fall. Jeff, about personal, we don't have much time, and I re- you are a good guest. I want to ask you very detailed questions. Uh, hiring apparently is very personal. Uh, again, I'm going from an article that people were surveyed, hiring managers, and a, a high percentage say they want to hire people they like personally, and in fact, they do hire people they like personally. Uh, and so, do you actually check out people's social media pre- profiles and, and uh, their comments on various sites to see if you think uh, it's going to jive? Because that's what apparently everybody is doing. I'm wondering if you do that. Um, I don't do that. You don't um, think it's important? I, you know, I, I think that there's uh, game time and personal time, and and what someone does uh, in their personal life. Uh, employment has existed for hundreds of years, and uh, to be able to to delve into people's personal lives on that front. Um, it just doesn't appeal to me. I have a Facebook. Um, my, my fiance and I. There's between my kids and, and my fiance. There's hundreds, if not thousands, of pictures of my personal life um, on there. But I don't. Uh, I, I share that with my friends. I don't share it for other people to go and. Not judge really. Me. I, I really... I'm not your friend, and I looked at every. <laughs> I looked at every picture. <laughs> okay, because I was looking for pictures uh, for the show. Okay, so you you didn't close your Facebook just so. Just so you know, yeah. But I agree with you about that. I, I don't think, I don't think yet your your personal life has to match necessarily with the company. Although we've had a couple of cases here uh, in Canada recently where somebody swore at a at a reporter, told her something vulgar on air, uh, and he got he got fired from uh, a big hydro company. Uh, and hmm. there was another there was another famous guy uh he uh, an interviewer on Canadian Broadcasting Corporation he, it turned out that he likes to beat women sexually uh like beat them up and uh, he got fired for it uh he well, didn't do it at work listen, uh, and and maybe there's some industry you know there's a girl from ESPN that uh actually I think it was here in Texas um she tore up uh her car got towed um and, oh, and I saw she, that, yeah. 
and she ate that lady for lunch, and, and that made its way through social media and everything. Um, uh, I, I don't know what's right or wrong. For me, um, it has nothing to do with me deciding whether I'm going to hire someone with their Facebook or Twitter says. Mm-hmm. Okay. Do you ask candidates for right to represent emails? Um, no, I don't. No? Because some people no. do if they're in time-sensitive industries where there's a lot of recruiters who are actually just sending out resumes without even speaking to a candidate. They want to have some kind of verification that they actually uh, did speak to the person and the person wants this recruiter to be the one representing them. You haven't you haven't heard of that, eh? It's not a general practice. No, I, I, I've I've heard of that, but this is the way I feel, and may, maybe this makes me weird. Um, I believe that my relationships with my clients are so solid that if someone just did an open submittal without a contract uh, to one of my clients, thinking that if they ever got hired, they'd get paid, um, I've had people that that has happened in my life. And there's never been a time where the client paid some stranger for submitting a candidate. Now, if there's master service agreements and multiple recruiting companies are working on a search, um, and we both talk to the same person, and that other guy gets that resume into that client before me, hooray for him. He did a better job faster. Now and you're missing the, uh, 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 uh. This is a case where there's more than one company working on a search, and uh-huh. the other you're you're the good recruiter. You call the candidate, interview him or her, and uh mm-hmm. say I'm going to present you to the company. The other recruiter doesn't do that. They just find the resume somewhere or uh get mm-hmm. a profile from LinkedIn and they have the right to send candidates in. They're not just sending in unsolicited resumes, but they send in the resume without talking to the candidate so they beat you to the punch. And that's why these people get a right to represent uh, the good guys get a right to represent from the candidates they talk to. So if there is a conflict, they can show that the candidate actually spoke to them and wants to work with with them. So, okay, you don't do that. Just wanted to know. What if the no. have you ever had a have you ever had a case? Since it sounds like you work contingent searches, not just retained. Am I right about that? Uh, we have a division of the company that does contingent. Yes. Okay. What if they, you know, present somebody and the client, it's happened to many people, says, oh, yeah, we've got them in our, our database. The person wasn't act, you know, wasn't, they didn't access their database. They weren't considering the person at that point. But all of a sudden they say, oh, yeah, we've already talked to this guy, you know, a year ago or something like that. We don't want to pay you for him. Does that we ever happen to you? In, yeah, oh, we have ahead. a clause in ours that says that if the candidate hasn't been touched, or contacted uh, in six months, the ownership reverts to us. Uh huh. Will you send a candidate out to uh, more than one company at a time? I don't do that. I don't believe in double dipping. No, really, because they're not. If it's a contingent search, they're not paying you until they actually hire somebody. Uh, it's it's just a way that I am, and I'm not saying on that front that I'm. I'm right. Uh, I'm a believer that when a client asks you to work on a search, you work on it and you present Uh the candidate to them. Now, certainly we go after a a pretty short period of time and ask if there's interest because we have another opportunity we'd like to present them on um, if they're not interested. Uh, But I don't double submit. Okay. Okay. So last time we had a little uh, problem with uh, our discussion about culture. So I've changed my question 
about that this time. I want to know, I just broke it down, instead of asking about culture in general, if you really go through, when you're, I know you visit your, your clients, right? You visit all, your personal clients, you visit all of them. Am I right about that? I do, yes. Yeah, but not everybody does, right, in your company? Correct. Okay, so no, let's say no. let's say you're you're on the phone with a client on the other side of the country. You don't have an office near there. Nobody can go and check it out for you. Do you ask them about specific things like the dress code, whether they use first names or you know Mister and Ms. or if they socialize a lot out of, outside of work, or if you know, if someone's going to feel like an outsider if they don't go to happy hour and you know things like is, are they allowed to disagree with the boss? How do they resolve personal conflicts? Do you get into that level of, of detail? Because those are culture issues, in my opinion. Um, I, I, so you, you mentioned about six different things, and, and three of them, well, yes, want we me to do talk them? about. Well, so sure, tell me go which ahead. ones. Oh, dress no, code. Go. Dress code. Do you ask we, about that? We don't ask about dress code. First names? Do you ask about that? Uh, how people communicate within the company? Yeah. Yeah, we ask that. What, how do you put it? Um, we, we just ask, is it more of a relaxed or strained type of atmosphere in the office? Do strained? people interact with each other? Strained is a wrong word. Strained is a wrong word. Formal. Is it very formal? formal? Is it very formal or is it, uh, you know, very relaxed? Uh-huh. Do you um, ask if they socialize a lot outside of work? Um, we ask what they do as far as social activities. Uh-huh. And what about this thing if, you know, somebody doesn't want to participate in social activities? Do you check on that? Um, well, we say, you know, when you have the social activities, is it mandatory to attend? Okay. Um, what about these other things about personal conflicts? How are they resolved? Well, we ask, you know, is it an open-door policy? Uh, can, is it pretty much an open dialogue where people can discuss things and work things out? Um, we don't use... Uh, during while we're trying to make a placement, you know, try to paint a negative. I, I believe conflict uh, can be taken in many different ways, so we don't use the word conflict. Okay. Well, what about the idea? If you're allowed, this is an important cultural issue. If you disagree with your your manager, are you allowed to you know air your opinions freely? Do you find a way to ask that? Um, I think we ask it in terms of if there are issues that need to be resolved, does management have an open-door policy? Uh huh. Okay, the reason I, yeah. I now, go ahead, Alejandro. Yeah, you say we. Uh, do you guys have a, a, a standard uh, methodology of exploring culture when you're uh, speaking to a client, one that's recommended in-house? Are you talking to Jeff? Yeah. Yes, I'm talking to you. Yeah, I mean, well, we have global account managers that take on different areas of expertise as well as different businesses. So we we certainly have, when I say we, what I'm saying is we, myself, the uh, global account manager, recruiter that might be the lead on that particular role, uh, are able to get on the phone in a conference call and ask the questions to management. Right, but you handle training, right? Do I personally handle training? Yeah, I saw the animal mention that you to. were doing he was the at training. The, he was at oh. the Lucas oh, Group. Oh, I see. 
He, and he oh, I see. Big yeah. Okay, I'm sorry. So he knows I, I a lot about that. You training. were handling training for Mac, and that you, you know, I was, I was asking, does Mac have a certain methodology for exploring issues of culture with clients? That's what I was asking. I thought you were handling the training for the company. It sounds like no. he does have a standard approach. Uh, it sounds like you do have a standard he approach, might, but that you but it might your, be loosey goosey throughout the company. Different people do it different ways. That's why I was asking Jeff, if there's a formula. The there? Jeff, that's a good question. Oh. No, I think that we have a standard approach to to all of our clients that's adhered to by everyone in the company. Um, I don't consider our uh, the way we go about uh, taking intake calls from clients or training people to become recruiters loosey goosey. Um, actually, I think it's pretty stringent. Um, I meant with the culture issue itself. You know, different people might ask different questions to get a feel for culture, or if you guys had a, you know, these are the things we specifically oh. explore. No, I mean, listen, um, I'm not going to talk to you the same way that Elizabeth Linhart is or, or Nathan Logan in my firm. Everybody has their own personality um, as far as getting the, the questions resolved or answers. We're not robots. We're not drones. Um, but I think that everyone develops uh, their, their own way of asking the same question. Okay, let's move on, Alejandro. But let me just clarify something. For me, some people would think I'm, you know, getting too niggling here. But I think it's really interesting to find out what words, you know, obviously I'm I'm laying out these questions in a different way than you ask them. I think it's very interesting to in your way seems to have been quite well thought out. I think it's interesting to find out exactly what you say. And that's why I was uh, pressing pressing on this. Is that a valid question, Jeff? Sure. Okay. Sure, sure. You know what I Okay, fine. Would you present someone who had sued her company for sexual harassment to another company? Um, I, I don't know that we would ever even know that detail. Uh-huh. I bet you would. Okay, or I bet the people in her industry would, because she might be radioactive, so to speak, at that point. And I was just wondering, you've never come across that situation. Maybe it's not something you want to talk about. I'll pass on. Okay, next question. Do you charge double if they hire two people from one search? Of course. You're talking okay, about two separate invoices for the same They position? say, "Look, we want we want one person for this job. You bring in two, you know, three people to for them to interview, and they say, "You know what? I'm going these are two sales reps or whatever. I'm going to hire two of two of those people." So, you've only done one search for them, but they're hiring two people. You understand? You've done one search, yeah, no, I get but it. you build them for two. Oh, absolutely. The recruiter didn't do half as much work to make both placements. Uh, the recruiter did uh, the work for one placement is going to get paid for two. Yeah, but he still did the work to go find the two people. Uh huh. Okay, fine. Uh, what about LinkedIn? Do you guys have LinkedIn recruiter, or would I uh, just looking for some advice here on what the best LinkedIn we do. account is? We, Okay, we, we leverage we leverage LinkedIn very very much. Okay, okay. I'm just whipping through these because we don't have that much time, and I'm enjoying it. I mean, you're answering the questions pretty straightforward. Jerry, how many follower? How, how many connections do you have on LinkedIn? Jerry's not here. Okay, uh, Jerry didn't show up. Jerry wasn't smart <laughs> enough to come here. How many connections do you have on LinkedIn? Oh, a few thousand. Seriously? Seriously, a few thousand. I don't, oh. can't remember how many. Okay. You don't? How many connections do you have? 26,000. Okay, there you go. You don't even need LinkedIn Recruiter. You're connected to everybody you might need to know. Okay. 
how many does anybody else want to say since he's putting me down that I don't have enough? Anybody else on the show? I, I thought that you were going to tell me you had 50,000 connections. That's what I really thought. Okay, well I don't, okay? And I don't think I need 50,000, but you know, I'm proud of you to have 26. Okay? I don't I can't well, say see, I have you're, twice you're, as many as you. You're you're how taking sleep, it as me being how egotistical. How much sleep do you get a night? That. How much sleep do you get every night? I went to bed at 12 o'clock last night, and I got up at 4. I went to the gym, worked out with a trainer till 4.45, then ran three miles, got out of the gym at 5.30, and came to the office. Really? And, like, you're a high-energy person then, am I right? I am. Okay. So not everybody can do what you do. Am I right about that? I'm, you know, and it's not because I'm older. I'm a big believer that uh, you have to be balanced in many ways, and I think that being physically active is very, very good for a recruiter's mind. Okay, do you think I really four do hours believe of, that. Yeah, do you think go ahead, four hours Marie. of sleep a night is balanced? Most well, people but can't that's been function. my way my whole life. I'm not saying okay. everybody should only have four hours of sleep. Right. But I am saying that physical activity... Um, in a recruiter who you know sits at a desk, dials for dollars all day long, that being somewhat physical is, is very, mm-hmm. very good for them mentally. Mm-hmm. Sitting okay. is the new smoking. Yeah, okay. sitting is the new smoking. There you Interesting. go. Interesting. I've never heard you, that. Okay, how much time do you spend reading the newspaper a day, or getting you know finding out what's going on in the world? Um, I. I don't read a newspaper. I certainly look at Google You know what news. I mean. Okay. Um, uh, uh, but I would say I, I spend 30 minutes a day catching up on the news. And, and of course, I type in some keywords to see what's going on in, in certain things in the news. Um, what keywords? What keywords? Well, an example would be uh, Baker Hughes. Um, which is an oil and gas service company that uh, is a very big client of mine and in the process of merging with Halliburton right now. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I check on you know what's new going on there. Um, so how much so time I, are we talking about? 30 minutes in a day. That's all? Okay. Yeah. So you, you don't read yeah. any in-depth article about foreign affairs or anything like that, right? Uh, I I only care about what I can do to improve Mac recruiters. Okay, and you wouldn't like get jokes about Joe Biden's massages and stuff like that because you're not busy reading articles uh, complaining about that, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, no, okay. I, I don't get involved in that. Okay, okay. Uh, now, if a recruiter goes into a new field, and I, I'm I'm am I right to say that you've switched industries at different times, or you've Moved into a new industry? Okay, so you can't name any raving fans. I think my last week's guest, she said, a recruiter always has to be able to, just off the tip of his or her tongue, uh, name some raving fans to to sell him or herself. If you're moving into a new field, you can't do that. So how do you sell yourself? So uh, are, are you talking about if you're talking to someone from a new area, and you, you want to use a previous person as a reference to, to raise yeah, about you can't how great say, you if are? You're, if, if you're working in oil and gas, you can't say, look, I've, de- I've dealt with Chesapeake and they just love me or something like that. No, because none of my evolution has never not complimented 
what I've expanded into. It's not like I've gone from working in supply chain and then went to work in Six Sigma and gave up supply chain. Everything that's happened in, in my recruiting career as well as my business has been because of an expansion and being asked to do more from where it all started. So Mac Recruiters was founded on doing supply chain, logistics, transportation, distribution. Mac Recruiters still does a lot of supply chain, uh, logistics, distribution. But from what happened there is I was asked, can you help me on the quality side, which led to Six Sigma Lean process improvement. So we still do that, which then led to engineering. Can you help me with this? And and so it's never been, oh, I've given up one practice area to go to I get another. It. I get it. I get it. I get it. Let me ask the follow-up question, though. Theoretically, would you ever do that? You're the kind of guy, I'm guessing, you're like a super recruiter, in my opinion already. I believe it. If somebody tossed you in the water and and you had to swim in a new, totally new field with no background whatsoever, what would you do? Um, I would fill it. I, I wouldn't know how, you know, if you told me to be an astronaut, I wouldn't know how to do it on the first day. But by the third day, I'd have a pretty okay. good so, so understanding. So someone puts you in a new industry, you've got to go out and get business. How would you get it? I'm really curious. Um, how would I go about the business development side? Yeah, the, well, that you have to get an order before you find a candidate. I would go and I would find out what companies are hiring that area. I'd build myself a pipeline of a uh, list of uh, you know who's hiring, and I'd start to find out who the hiring managers are, and I'd dial the phone. Yeah, but what would you say? I'll come back to the original question. If you couldn't say you couldn't, you had no background. You couldn't say I have some raving fans in this field, so you can trust my knowledge. In fact, you would have to tell them I'm really good at I finding would, people. I don't know anything about your business, but that's not an issue, right? I would probably start off by saying this is my background and experience. I've been asked by someone who works in your industry to see if there's a possibility of them working with your organization. They've targeted you. No, no, no. Okay. You. So are you marketing a candidate would, or is that just a line? Are you going to or is that your way to, to do it? Find someone who wants to, a new job and then market them or are you just looking for business out of the blue? That's that's what I I'm, could do I'm, it. I mean, you might not like the answer. I could do it either way. I don't need to have a candidate answer, right? in order to I want to know. You've got no candidate. You got no background in the industry. You're calling up companies to get them to work with you. What would you do? Every time he well, tries to answer you, you restrict it further. Yeah. Well, why, no, no, why do you shut me up every time I try to answer you? Why, you? why do you do that? Are you that cranky today that you feel you have to pick I'm on a guy not, from I Texas? I told you a hundred times you're a great guest. It's working out even though we had all these problems. I think it's an interesting show today, okay? I just want to see. Imagine if somebody, because it's happened, somebody leaves their organization. We, you know, I have a gotcha. If you ever come back, I'll play you two different things you told me that contradict each other. It was a, a very hot issue as well. But let's put that to the Who, side. Who, me? Yeah, you. But let's no, put come that on, to the side. Okay, well, me, it, had to do with people, it had to do with people leaving time. an organization, okay? Let's say someone leaves an organization, and they've got some kind of agreement of non-compete. They're not going to compete with their previous company. They're moving into a new field, okay? So they have to get business. They've got no candidates. They've got no pipeline. They have to get business in their, in their new field. There's a guy on uh, one of our face, John Jerry's Facebook group who's in that position right now. I'm wondering, what do you do the first day? You don't have any business in this field, but you're going to break into that field. How do you do it? And I and you you're a guy. Who I the believe, phone. Landon, 
And what do you say? Who, what do you say when you get? How do you I'm an sell executive yourself? recruiter. I'm an executive recruiter. I noticed you have this opening. I've had uh, experience working in these other fields. I've targeted your industry, and I'd like the opportunity to show you that I could produce candidates for you in your given field. I mean, you, you know, you're taking me off the cuff, but it would be something along those lines. Exactly what I wanted is a question. And then when you get to the candidates. And you don't you don't know anything about their business except what your what your client told you, and what if the client says we're almost done? I'm gonna. What if the client says, "Look, Jeff, you sound like a nice guy. I'm sure you've done well in supply chain, but why should I hire you when there's a, a hundred other recruiters who do you know their bread and butter is in my field? What would you say to that? Well, I'd probably say that my process is different from uh, the other people that work in the given field. My track record of success probably exceeds the other people that work in your field. I'm willing to put my money where my mouth is, and on this initial search, because it's a new area, I'm willing to show you that I'll do it on a contingent basis. So it's really not costing you anything to have me show you that I can fill your job. Okay, and when you get to the candidates or people you'd like to become candidates, and you call up and you don't really know uh, much about their business, and so you're only looking for buzzwords or keywords and the questions you've been told, uh, and they can tell right away that you you don't have much of a background. What do you say to them to build trust? I'm totally honest right from the front. People on the candidate side are really amazing, and I tell all my new recruiters this every day. Um, You know, to... Dial the phone and say, listen, my name's Jeff, and I've never worked in your field before. I've been given this assignment, and I'm looking at the job description. I'm looking at your background, and it seems to align. Would you spend a few minutes with me telling me if I'm on the right track? People open up their arms. They say, mm-hmm. come to Papa. Come mm-hmm. here. Let me nurture Absolutely. you. Let me Absolutely. You. That's right. Uh-huh. Okay. So <laughs> – I guess I guess we should we should end there because I know you have to go to another meeting. I'm thanking you for coming on today. I'm I you're a great guest. Doesn't mean I have to be nice to you or anything like that. The show's not about being nice. It's about asking questions. It's about pressing people to give good answers. So I mean, and I got to tell you, I have to salute Ben Holtz. This is a marketing guy for for this company. He came to me himself and booked Jeff his partner week after week and then uh he was on for uh, over an hour with Rebecca. I know you said you were Yeah, but also I like the... Rebecca better than you. That's I like okay. her better than you. That's okay, I don't care. But she you came to her through this show. And so anyway, I'm talking about Ben Holtz and you were at the diversity conference of some sort in, in at a university in Texas. So, I don't know, Uh-oh. Ben's doing something very different from anybody I've ever encountered. I've been doing the show eight years. Nobody comes on gangbusters like you guys, and uh, you made a splash. I've never heard of you before, right? So uh, I think you guys are doing something good, okay? I'm, I'm complimenting you. You happy now? Anybody got yeah, any I... last? Go ahead. No, go ahead. I'm done. I'm good. I'm good. <laughs> Does anybody else have something they'd like to say to Jeff before he takes off? Nope. I hope everybody bills a million dollars today. I got to go. Hey, I should have 
fast. I, I was going to have no after show, but uh, and actually everybody's leaving now anyway. But I thought if Alejandro wanted to do do one or Maureen, but I guess I guess we can't because it's it's all over, folks. And I don't usually say folks. Thanks for listening in. Bye bye.